Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. Let's find out what those overachievers down the street from us are doing and what's going on at the Indiana General Assembly. And to do that, we go to one of the best in the business. You can find her at IndianaCapitalChronicle.com. The great Nikki Kelly. Hello. Good morning. All right. So let's start with big news yesterday. We've covered this story uh, in great detail. We've had guests on talking about their personal plight of this, this plan to cut a huge amount of money uh, given to parents who care for severely disabled kids. There was a big hearing about this yesterday. You guys covered it in detail. And now Suzanne Crouch has come out and her role as lieutenant governor is asking for those cuts not to be made. What's going on? Yeah, I mean, FSSA came out on this meeting, which was all virtual, and they tried to explain, you know, why they're doing what they're doing, but they also still couldn't answer sort of some questions, and and she was, uh, to be honest, was a little bit testy, and at the end, she said, you know, I just think this should be paused, and several other lawmakers on the same committee agreed. Do you have they given a clear detail on this about how they could be so far off on the Medicaid stuff? I mean, don't they have people that that's their job is to project these things and come up with these things? Have we gotten a clear indication on how they were a billion dollars off to begin with? Yeah, I mean, in general, we do. Some of it was it's a mix. They reverted too much money by accident. That's part of it. And then the secondly is that they didn't properly forecast the expenditures in a couple key areas. And one is this specific area of legally responsible caregiver pay. And, you know, to be kind of fair, um, it was a newer program that started during COVID because there was a nurse shortage and these parents couldn't find anyone to care for their medically complex children. So they started a program where you could get paid to provide that care for your, your child. And um, so a lot of people didn't know about the program at first. They decided to continue it. And also, and so it, it, I think it was a perfect storm of there was this great new program that actually really helps parents. And a lot of people were still discovering that they could do it. And then secondly, they had this 2% um, increase in reimbursement rates that hit. And if you look at the graphs they sent, I mean, the explosion in costs were almost equally the increase in reimbursement rates versus the enrollment so, Nikki, it's uh, ironic that Rob and I had Amy Roche on and she told our listeners her story about what she's going through. And then within less than a week of us inviting people to call the governor's office, they put this pause on everything. I don't know if that's just one big coincidence or not. Oh, they, they haven't paused anything. But I thought Suzanne Crouch said that she wanted to pause the timetable on she it. She wants to, but she's not in charge of the <laughs> FSSA. So there's no I pause mean, she, on it. No. I mean, she runs, she's chairperson of this um, developmentally disabled task force, and she used that to 
create, you know, to show people what's going on and to try to get answers and to make some heavy statements. But Governor Holcomb's in charge of that agency, and they have not bossed it. Okay, Nikki Kelly's our guest. We're talking about this just now huge controversy over the plan to cut payments to parents who care for uh, severely disabled kids. So this is the question, Nikki. They've got to find this money somewhere. When Suzanne comes out and says, hey, we should pause this program, I didn't see in that hearing her or anyone else having any other idea on where to make the cuts, and that's what they're kind of up against right now, isn't it? Nobody is proposing where you're going to find the money if you don't take it from here. Yeah, I mean, that's the tough thing is, you know, every cut that you make to Medicaid, this one's getting a lot of attention, but every cut that you make to Medicaid hurts someone. And so you can make this argument all day long. We've covered the billion-dollar shortfall for now. That That's covered. They've used some surplus money. They reverted back some other money. But the, the reason they're trying to make these changes is to curb the future growth of the program so we don't have this problem again. Um, so, and, and, and there is some irony, to be honest, in the fact that the, the state needs to cover, you know, cut some money. This is a $300 million cut across five or six different options they want. And Suzanne Crouch, who wants to cut $8 billion worth of revenue from the state, <laughs> immediately jumps on and says, no, not that one. I mean, that's what cutting the budget does. It, it's always going to impact someone. You had a very interesting article over at IndianaCapitalChronicle.com, and we talked about this last week about this. I mean, it just comes off as disingenuous. The the Senate has passed a bill that would curb the governor's emergency powers, and I thought your article was pretty interesting on this because it's some of what we said. You've had basically three years since you know they reconvened after the COVID year, and. They haven't done anything, and now Holcomb's on his way out the door, and now they want to pass all these – they want to become tough guys on the emergency declaration. Tell us a little bit about your column, because I think it echoed some of the things we've said over here about how just kind of disingenuous this all comes off as. Yeah, and look, I'm not not saying you shouldn't limit somewhat how long these disaster declarations have gone on. I even suggested maybe 90 days. But I do think they're being short-sighted, and I also think they're forgetting – you know, they returned in 2021 for yep. session. Then they returned in 2022 for session. <laughs> that entire time, that disaster declaration continued. There were numerous resolutions filed. They're simple resolutions. They take one vote in the House and one vote in the Senate, and that would have been ended. So somehow saying that they're all going to get on the same page in 30 days <laughs> during a disaster when they let that thing go on for two years, when they could have stopped it at any moment in session, I mean, I I, I find it a little ironic. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I, I thought it was a great piece because it echoed some of the, You're so much nicer in the way you say things than what we, <laughs> we say over here. But you're right. I mean, they, we've said this many times, Casey. They had, they've had three sessions. This would be number mm-hmm. four, one, 21, 22, 23, and now 24. And yet all of a sudden now they're coming becoming real tough guys when a new governor's coming right. in. I thought you I thought you really captured the essence of that, Nikki. Yeah, and I also wanted to point out, like, obviously COVID has colored the idea of these disaster declarations. But, you know, saying you can only do thirty days, you have to really think worst case scenario. The list of everything that's covered under this law that will be impacted by a 30-day limit is pretty massive. And you have to think to really horrible things like nuclear meltdowns and true bio threats 
And, you know, what if the state house isn't there? What, you know, what if they what if we've been attacked and there's a war? Can you really gather 150 people? Should you gather 150 people mm-hmm. in one place? You know, could that be a security risk on its own? And yeah, some people will say, oh, well, that's worst case scenario. But yeah, that that's the point of the law. Yeah. Hey, but before we let you go, Nikki Kelly's our guest from Indiana Capital Chronicle. Uh, you guys covered that governor's forum up in Carmel. And I'll tell you what, Nikki, and I know you're going to be saying nicer than I am, but these five collectively are about as entertaining as dried paint, man. Can somebody give me something to talk about? Yeah, they were they were on some good behavior. There were only a few swipes here and there. Um, I do think that they had some interesting things to say, um, and and it was a pretty good. You know, our reporter Whitney Downard covered it, and she she seemed to think it was pretty interesting, and that people could learn about their positions, which is the point of it though not as entertaining as you would like. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, go ahead, Casey. I was just wondering, Nikki, out of all five, do you think, was there somebody who you, you know, walked away going, oh, they definitely are the the leader of the pack? Well, okay. Who had command of the crowd? That forum and whose crowd it was and who, like, shines on stage, it's Curtis Hill. But he's clearly not the leader of the pack. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, so... I mean, I think he impressed everyone, but you know, he's an orator, he's a yeah. lawyer, and so that's not surprising. Uh, at some point, don't they all have to turn on Braun because there's supposedly several internal polls, et cetera, out there that show him with a pretty sizable lead? At some point, these people got to be—it's like battle, right? You got to line up. Even my enemy and my enemy is my friend, and they all got to start trying to chip into that lead a little bit. And they've already started that. Just a couple of days ago, Brad Chambers released a statement on Friday criticizing. Senator Braun for suggesting that they might not do the border patrol package, uh, the border security package because of politics and the presidential election. So they are definitely starting that. She is one of the best in the business. You can find her over at IndianaCapitalChronicle.com, our weekly chat. Nobody covers the state house like her. Nikki Kelly, thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Yeah, you too. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The Blue Bubble. It's 20 minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And that's coming from Joe Rogan. He was talking last week about how he left California because of left-wing politics running amok in the state. No kidding. (laughs) Can you blame him? Boy, you don't. He said it was a blue bubble and uh, the left-leading people uh, who lived in Los Angeles, who never voted Republican, made it impossible. And that's why he left. Isn't it fascinating? And I I have long, long, long thought this about watching like people who interact inside the government. And this is not an indictment on every person who works in the government. There's many fine, hardworking, common sense people. But the government, unlike anywhere else, I would encounter things and it would be like, what planet does this actually work or make sense on where if you couldn't just take something by force 
that this would work out okay. And you look at a place like California, and it is run by people who are totally incapable of functioning in the real world. <laughs> I mean, just simply incapable. <laughs> and if you applied the the things that they do in the government to the real world, I mean, it would be like a third world country, mm -hmm. but because they can do it with threat of force and threat of force is they can take your stuff at gunpoint. Well, everybody just kind of has to comply with the little fairy tale island that these people live on. It's such a shame, too, because it is such a beautiful state. And I almost don't even want to visit there just because of the politics, because it's everywhere. And it, and it's not just the politics, but it's the the homeless problem and the taxes so incredibly high on everything. And then. Uh, people pooping in the street. I mean, it's gross, right? It, it, it is depressing that arguably, I mean, look, every state's got its own little signature thing that they mm -hmm. could raise their hand and go, no, no, it's us. But you could say arguably the most beautiful state in the union that borders the Pacific Ocean mm -hmm. is so, has become such, I mean, it's it's irredeemable at this point. I mean, there's not, there's not with all the people who have left, it's sort of like Indianapolis is now. I mean, it really doesn't weirdly matter who you run for mayor of Indianapolis. At this point, 90% of the people with common sense have gotten out. I mean, there's some some towny lifers like Hammer who are just going to fight it until they're mm -hmm. no longer here. But, <laughs> I mean, just so many people have left yeah. that it, you, it doesn't matter who you'd run. A Republican's just not going to be the mayor of Indianapolis. And the same thing with California. It's like you just give up on it, it at it this point. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter who runs for governor there. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, in these congressional districts because the way they're drawn up. It just, it's it's gone. It's a lost cause. It has been overtaken, not by just by Democrats. It's been taken over by far left, in many cases, Marxist maniacs. And um, people like Joe Rogan have just said, not going to do it anymore. We have to function in the real world. So we are out of here. Well, and he's admittedly a former blue voting person. Sure. And he says the state has just gone full communist. Well, I used to be a part of the blue bubble. I, I was 100% a left-leaning person who lived in Los Angeles. I was 100%. I never voted Republican my whole life. I was very left-leaning, especially with like any social issues. When it comes to financial things, I'm a little bit more conservative. But at the end of the day, I'm way more left than I am right. But California went nuts, man. It's gone like full communist. It's out of its mind. And their approach to law enforcement is so insane. It's so insane. The no cash bail, the letting people out for committing violent crimes, the and not stopping people for stealing up to whatever money it is. What is it, $900 now? I think they raised it. I think they made it a little higher. San Francisco is non-existent. San Francisco, most of San Francisco is emptied out of like big chain stores and big department stores. It's, it's such a shame, too, because San Francisco is such a beautiful, unique city, too. Yeah, yeah but let's talk about Rogan for a second. And I'm sorry, Kevin, in advance, because I know you like Rogan. But this, this pisses me off. What? How he said that he was blue except for financial stuff, and that probably only happened after he made some money and became successful? Well, also, <laughs> you were voting for these people for all these years. What did you think you were voting and then, for? Yeah, and then he said, I'm out of here. And it wasn't that long ago that he was still supporting Bernie Sanders. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I have never understood the Rogan thing, and we've had this conversation many, many times. This guy, to me, is put up on some sort of pedestal, like some soothsayer... Wizard of smart, infinite, all-seeing, knowing, hot-taking, 
And to me, he's a total moron. About 90% of his takes I listen to and go, that is the most unacademic, uninquisitive thing I've ever heard. And yet, Broski's like Big Kev over mm-hmm. here. Just gobble this guy up like like he's. I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I watch it for the guests. Well, I do you know think what? Rogan just kind of goes on tangents about things that it's not very factual a lot of times. But people, so why? Okay, uh, fine, I get it. He does have some interesting guests. Like he did an interview. Does he? With, he does. Because that's so. an evolution he used to all the time. But lately, I haven't noticed a well, whole lot of guests. That's that's what I'm saying. And I don't actively consume it, but sometimes things will pop up. He had a fascinating one several years ago with Jesse Ventura that was really, really interesting. Sure. But it's one thing to say, hey, this guy is a good interviewer or he is a good conversationalist and he gets interesting takes out of his guests. But there are people who put Rogan up, who listen to Rogan yeah. as though he is the actual, you know, head honcho of smarts and knowledge <laughs> and wisdom. And it is like, what planet are you mm-hmm. people living on? I think he's just yeah, he's just got a giant platform now and he's I think the fame has really elevated him to that point. Right. I don't yeah. know. If you want to listen to something that's more like political and factual Then listen, listen to this show. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't hear as many guests as he used to have on. I mean, he still has the comedians come on. Yeah, he has a lot of comedians but these days. Not um but it's not the authoritarian figures like he but, used but to it's, have. It's, yeah. it's one thing though to say okay, hey, once upon a time I was naive and super liberal and I didn't know any better and when I was in my 20s I was young and dumb and boy, I've really just, when I started making money I figured it out. Mm-hmm. But he was just supporting Bernie Sanders not that long ago. Yep. He was Joe Rogan, the famous Joe Rogan, the podcast king, and he was talking about Bernie Sanders. So clearly he hasn't learned much because Bernie Sanders is the thing that he's supposed railing against right there. Well, possibly the past couple of years have changed a lot of people's minds because he's now saying that those Bernie Sanders type people are a cult, which is interesting because- That was this, you! Isn't that what MAGA gets called? A cult. I just, I, I- and I, I I like giving Kevin a hard time about this because I know Kevin says he does watch it for the interviews, which is fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just the people that look to him for some sort of political or legal advice, it just or legal, political or governmental <laughs> or, well, probably in some cases they look to him for legal advice. It just, it amazes me that people put stock in anything that what guy says. What about the alien advice that he uh, talks about or we the know, alien theories? Uh, well, you know, my theory on the aliens, Kev, is that aliens are time travelers <laughs> and that's why they can't be seen. That's what he thinks. We've got your voice. Oh, does he really? Yeah. <laughs> so you share one thing. Yes, there we you go. You have a lot of common. Your voicemails are coming up next. It's 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. If you'd like to participate, 317-684-8444. It is time for to hear from you with your voicemails with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. All right, Rob. Yes. This first phone call is directly to you. Oh, my goodness. These always go so well for mm-hmm. me. Uh, somebody is questioning your contract oh, here exciting. at the radio station. Yes. And he's got a question for you, and it's about Joe Biden. Hey, Kendall. Just a question. Is it in your contract somewhere that if you don't 
push this ridiculous notion that Biden wasn't uh, fairly elected. Do you get fired? Huh. Just, just kind of curious. I mean, because you've got no rationale for saying it or anything like it. So it must be in your contract that you'll be fired if you don't say it. Hmm. You know, okay, so first of all, let me address that guy. Um, I can't tell you the joy it brings me <laughs> to know how much I piss you off and it, you're still sitting here listening, which is contributing to my financial benefit. He's hate listening. I can't begin to thank you enough, and I'm so glad that I make you that angry, and thank you for helping buy some diapers and baby food for me in the coming months. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate that mm-hmm. guy listening. Mm-hmm. Okay, so second of all, uh, let's address the question at hand. Um, y- this guy clearly believes that a guy who literally hid in his basement mm-hmm was drawing six to 12 people at rallies, um, couldn't speak oftentimes, got 81 million legal votes. And that if that's the position you choose to operate from, that's fine. Here's the position I'm going to operate from, and I will use one of the most revered Americans walking our fruited plane today, and that is the great Ben Stein. And, of course, many people know that I was uh, good friends with Ben Stein, mm-hmm. Was spent several years on his uh, World According to Ben Stein podcast. And Ben Stein is the furthest thing from a MAGA hat-wearing Republican. Ben Stein is uh, as establishment Republican as you can come. If you said you got to hang out with the Bushes or the Trumps, he's taking the Bushes every single time. And many people know Ben Stein, obviously, as an actor, a game show host, et cetera. But he was, first and foremost, an economist. And he was an incredible economist, worked in the Nixon White House, worked for various other presidents, famously coined the phrase that Reagan used, are you better off than you were four years ago, which Reagan stole and made at the center point of his campaign in 1980. And so Ben Stein is not in any shape, form, or fashion ever going to just say something because he loves Donald Trump. Here is what Ben Stein said, and no offense to this guy and his background, I will go with ben world Stein. world renowned <laughs> 50 plus books mm-hmm. written Ben Stein over this guy. And if he has a better resume than Ben Stein, maybe he can call back and let us know what his resume is. Ben Stein said it is statistically impossible to happen what happened on election night. And what he means by that is all these states at midnight, Donald Trump is leading. Mm-hmm. And then magically, after midnight, mm-hmm. sometimes the vote count was stopped, sometimes water leaks. For all of those states, Casey, yeah. at the same time, yep. to be Trump, and then at the stroke of midnight, change. magically, yeah. everything changes. I'm going to go with the world-renowned economist, Ben Stein, mm-hmm. and what I saw for myself, Casey. Okay. There is no there is no way whatsoever anyone with a straight face that is going to say in the state of Pennsylvania where ballots were literally just sent in the mail and no one knows who filled them out and no one knows who sent them back and magically ballots were being counted days after in total violation of state election law that that wasn't ripe for shenanigans. So, yes, I believe there were major issues mm-hmm. with the 2020 presidential election 
And no, it is not in my contract to say it. And yes, I will keep saying it just because I know how much it makes you mad. But what is in your contract? Oh my gosh, Casey, it's just <laughs> sexy and groovy beyond belief, the amount of money I'm getting paid to be here. Okay, we got a phone call from Trucker John. We were talking about Ben Shapiro. He released a rap song. It was at number two on iTunes on the chart over the weekend. And uh, Trucker John's got an idea for you. Hey, Rob. Hey, Casey. Hey, Kevin. How was your weekend? <laughs> um, yeah, I heard the uh, the Ben Shapiro deal over the weekend, and it had some bars, then it got me laughing a little bit. And then I got to thinking, Ben Shapiro gets a number two song on the hip-hop charts. Right. For something he just did as a laugh. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing this for 15 years. I can't do nothing. <laughs> it's all good, though. It is what it is. It was funny as heck. But I had an idea. Mm-hmm. Hey, Rob. Yeah. Why don't we do an Indiana version? <laughs> Come on now. You know you want to try it. I'll write it for you. Come on. Let's do it, buddy. <laughs> Y'all have a good one. Hey, let me just say, uh, Trucker John has way more passion, mm-hmm. better bars, and a better flow than Ben Shapiro. <laughs> you heard it here. He offered to write it, too. Yeah. All he, you have to do is voice it, Rob. Is that in your contract? Here's the thing, Casey. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen once said, <laughs> you have to learn to live with what you can't rise above. Oh, and okay. I feel like that might be where Trucker John is at in his yeah. rapper mm-hmm. career. Mm-hmm. Um, here... It, I'm open to this. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> bring it on. Trucker John did do the famous, is this what it means to, to yeah, the property tax song. Yeah, the property tax it song. It is what it is. Yes. Oh, wait, not the property tax no, song. No, that was I'm us. Thinking, we, that did was, the, uh, we did that. That was, that was uh, written by, well, that was written by you. Right. I, wrote, per, I yeah. wrote that one. It was musically done by you right. and then performed Vocals. by me. Yes. Yeah. So he's choosing the right team of talented producers <laughs> yeah, and artists to oh, no doubt. collab with. I, I'm, okay, I'm not going to commit to this, mm-hmm. but I'm open yeah. to doing, what do you, what do you kids call it, a collab? Yeah, yeah collab. collabbing? Get into the stew yeah. and lay down some beats and bars. Uh, if you're going to if you're gonna do some vocals on that, I'm just going to put it out there. Yeah. I would I would do some backing vocals. Oh, how exciting. That'd be I, awesome. I can, I can doo-wop like nobody's business. You know, we could be like, uh, what was that Eminem song, Stan? Mm-hmm. Where yeah. he's doing the rapping, uh-huh. and then uh, what right. was what was the famous chick was doing the singing in the in the background? Dada or something like that. Yeah, it? the da 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 da. Get back to Eminem so we yeah. can get to the lyrics. Yeah, exactly. Okay, uh, <laughs> Kevin, uh, I'm, I'm I'm going to move forward to the next one. Uh, this one is for you. Oh, somebody has a musical suggestion for you. Hey, this is your old pal, E. Buzz Miller. Kevin, I am so proud of you checking out the Roadmaster and digging into those guys. Now, go back and dig into the 1970s Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> they were awesome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Have a good one. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't that the uh, DJ Adam Smash? That was his <laughs> other band? Because he was the front man of Roadmaster, I think, for a while, but then I think he moved on to this uh, funk band. Are you familiar with any of Grand Funk Railroad's music? I, I am not. I think you would be incorrect on that. I think Grand Funk Railroad came before Roadmaster. I'm going to just throw that out there. I'm not 100% mm-hmm. but sure. But there is that. a connection there, right? I have no idea. I'm not an expert in... I do know Roadmaster. I think I got you started on... 
My my dad actually showed me Roadmaster, so but we, I, I got to give him credit. We there. had this conversation on the show, though, right? Didn't we have the? Yeah, that's how it I, came up. I, my dad showed me them, and then I was listening to them a bunch, and then I talked to you about it. Yeah, because okay. I knew you'd be familiar. Well, so and, and Grand Funk Railroad's fine. A uh, couple of hits. I'm not sure I'd put them on the pedestal. They're not. On, they're not on Eddie Money's level, right. are they? Well, so this is the <laughs> this is this guy's problem. He picked the wrong day to make this call because we've already delegated Kevin to mm-hmm. doing a deep dive on Eddie Money because right. someone, oh, I'd played Eddie Money. Uh, give me some water mm-hmm. as. Uh, uh, the bumper music for the yeah. when David Sanders was on earlier about the Leap District, and Kev, you had said you had heard of one Eddie Money song, is that right? Uh, well, I just know "Take Me Home Tonight." Uh-huh. Right, yeah. yeah. And I said that is it's a big pop hit. That is, uh, I'm not going to use terms like egregious sin, but <laughs> I mean that is really bad mm-hmm. that someone of your musical prowess mm-hmm. doesn't know more about Eddie Money. And so then we got into, I mean, uh, I want to go back as one of my 10 favorite songs of all time. Yep. And that video is just phenomenal where he goes back to his high school and he's playing at the prom and then the prom of his youth merges with the prom of today. And it's just, it's just a, such a tearjerker. You were rattling off a bunch of Eddie oh! Money songs. Shaken and- Yeah, uh, Two Tickets to Paradise. Exactly. Uh, give, give Baby, me, uh, hold on. Yeah, yeah. I want to go back. Walk on water. Think I'm in love. And you know my theory, Casey, yeah. if you have had three what you would describe as big hits, mm-hmm. so big hits like if you were to say the song, people would know the song, you are a mega star because you there are not many people in the music industry who you can say that person had three. A lot of people have had one. A lot of people have had two. Yeah. But- it's like it's, it's like winning a major in golf. Like a lot of people won a major, mm-hmm. a lot of people won two majors. There's uh, three majors is rarefied air. Three mega hits and Eddie Money. We reeled off seven. Wait, yeah. I know more than just take me home tonight. I, know, I would hope I know so. Two tickets to paradise. Okay, okay, good, good. I think you would like the Eddie Money stuff. I think. Baby, hold on. Maybe yeah. hold on to me. Okay, so today's Eddie Money Day that he needs to research, and then maybe tomorrow get to Grand and Funk Railroad. Grand Funk Railroad, and also I said uh, Adam Smash. It's Adam Smasher, right? Yeah. The DJ. Mm-hmm. Is there a connection there? I don't think so, Kev. I think you're just, making, just making, this making that up. Because I think Grand Funk Railroad was before Roadmaster. All right, we've got more calls. <laughs> this one, uh, you had commented that there are some people's voice who just makes you nauseous, and I don't know if you were talking about Nikki Haley when you said that. Could have been talking about you oh you would never (laughs) are you kidding me the voice of an angel uh but uh, somebody wanted to call and make a comment about who makes them nauseous it's all about the people that you hear that make you sick and just kind of tune them out i get physically nauseous every time i hear uh eric holcomb on the radio (laughs) it just gives me just really does just makes me sick which is part of the reason why i'll never vote for silent suzanne or Brad Chambers because they're so in bed with him. Goodbye. I think that's interesting. Eric Holcomb's voice makes him nauseous, so he's not going to vote for Suzanne Crouch or Brad Chambers. Well, look, I, I, I think next week, I, I think we got a day. I don't want to say for sure yet, mm-hmm. but I think we got a day she's coming in next week, and she's got a major, major, major problem, and I hope her people have been honest with her about this, that – her connection to him is mm-hmm. I, I mean I'm not I'm not look I'm not sure Casey if she came on this show and aced the interview that she could overcome it I think he is he being Holcomb is that big a toxin in a Republican primary that I don't know if she can overcome it it's too bad she did it to herself though I mean she lined up with the guy and 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 has teamed up with him but I just 
people hate him, mm-hmm. and rightfully so. Yeah. The guy is an ass. He is an elitist ass, and he comes off that way. It's not, his policies are bad enough, but it's like when you look at him and you see him and you hear him, you you just I can't say that. I'm gonna it's get like in he's putting on airs. Sure, that sounds great. We'll go with that one. Okay, last uh, two phone calls, and we're going to roll these two back-to-back if we can. Um, Two phone calls about what's going on with the FSSA. Good morning. I'm an avid listener, and I just want to let you know I did talk to someone at the governor's office, very nice lady, about uh, Miss Amy Roach, and uh, it moved me. And... uh, I asked her to not stop the funding. So great interview, and I hope it works out. Yeah, so we had Amy Roach on, uh, was that last week? Yes. We talked to her and about the funding that is being cut and how it's affecting her and her son. Uh, one more phone call about that. Hi, Kendall and Casey. Love your show. Just wanted you to know I just called Governor Holcomb's office. The number that you gave over the radio a few minutes ago, I gave him a piece of my mind. (laughs) I am a registered nurse. I have taken care of children off and on throughout my 60-year career, and I think it is disgusting that they are trying to take away this program. They should have done better and stopped giving all this Medicaid to people who really didn't need it. Thank you again for sticking up for the kids and their parents. Love your show. Goodbye. It's almost like we have more listeners than what they like to tell us down on West. Yeah, it's so wild because the the state house says nobody's listening, mm-hmm. and then yet these people. I mean, I guess we found the two scragglers. Yeah, yeah, and they called in. Thanks for doing that. Hammers up next. It's ninety three WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You want to redeem yourself real quick, Kev? <laughs> so, so if you're just joining us, Hammer's here, by the way. Hello. Hello. Before we do that, we got to let Kevin redeem himself. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to embarrass you because I like you, but you were spouting nonsense about Roadmaster and Grand Funk and that one guy had played in Grand yeah. Funk. For, and I was like, Kev, that is not, I mean, it's just uh, yeah. you're out on your own here. And I, I didn't want to embarrass you, but you <laughs> caught your mistake for everybody who was blowing up our social media accounts about your just horrific mistake that you made last second yeah i realized i was wrong about that um i actually do know grand funk railroad they have that song uh, we're an american band yes mm-hmm. they did correct so kind of I'm, wonderful yeah couple yeah, of yeah a couple i'm, of I'm familiar with some of their music so yeah i just wanted to clear okay. the air there right. he couldn't go on with himself oh, he was like miserable that. during the week. he was pounding his I, head I was distraught like, yeah he was, he was screaming it was like <laughs> pounding his head on the console during the break <laughs> it was the shows turned into the new york times there's a segment for like retract redactions <laughs> <laughs> like corrections redactions it's, it's actually buried. a really good idea it's buried <laughs> in the final segment of the show but it's there okay uh-huh. so <laughs> so you um you posed an interesting question yesterday on your social media account. Well, this is a question that was on one of our favorite Twitter accounts, Super 70 Sports. Is that the best mm-hmm. follow on all of Twitter? 
it's close. Yeah. It's really good. Super 70 Sports is fantastic. Uh, I, we share, it seems like, five to ten of those every single day. Five to ten of their <laughs> posts. And everybody just laughs every time you share them. They're just great. Right. And the guy that runs it has no filter. You're going to get some, some swear words in there. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Uh, but the question posed was, what movie death like shook you what death in a movie just broke you down Mm -hmm. and it could be you know something you saw coming Mm -hmm. something you didn't see coming or even something animated because we talked about this yesterday and while my answer was apollo creed Mm -hmm. in rocky Uh four right coming down to living in america it was an exhibition fight against yvonne drago Mm -hmm. and then the rest is history you know, people started chiming in on our social media. Mm-hmm. You look at the Disney movies, they make you cry and kill people off oh, all the yeah, time. Totally. Yeah, Lion King. Lion King, Bambi's mom, uh, Old Yeller. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a long history of, uh, you know, unexpected tear jerking deaths in a Disney movie. Well, because there's always a lesson to learn, right? Right. You got to overcome some adversity. Mm-hmm. And that's death in Disney. Right. <laughs> adversity yeah. is always death. Yeah. Uh, Goose in uh, Top Gun yeah. was brought up a lot. Oh, yeah. Okay. So one. this is, uh, I'm going to go with this one. And I know my dad listens. So I'm not going to say this is bad parenting, but I'm just going to say this wasn't the best parenting moment for him. And it's weird that you guys are a little more seasoned than me. So your minds are probably slipping compared to where mine is. You but, act like I'm 20 years older well, than you. I'm, I'm like, what, less than 10. <laughs> um, it's weird the things you remember about your childhood that have just stayed with you. You know, like there's certain super important things that probably have slipped your mind, but then there's just random things that you remember. Right. Do, you, do you have that? Oh, yeah. I can tell you the lineup of the 1985 Chicago Cubs who were awful, <laughs> yeah. but I probably can't tell you like the historical timeline of what NASA has done. Uh, yeah. I mean, how about you? I mean, you're not quite elderly yet, Casey, but I would imagine you're reaching that phase where <laughs> the memories are. I can't remember it anymore, Rob. <laughs> you sound like Biden. Like that, you doing an old lady impression sounds just like Joe. Joe Biden. Wow. <laughs> For some reason, I was home from school or the summer or something, and I have no idea why my dad would have been home because he went to work every day. So I don't know why he was home. But I remember the first time I watched E.T. Oh, yeah. And remember, now this has a happy ending because he's mm-hmm. not really dead, but where E.T. dies. Mm-hmm. And I was watching it, and I vividly remember just having a complete you cry. meltdown and then having to stop the the tape, I guess it was a v, it would have been a VHS tape, right? And my dad assuring me that it was going to be better, and I have no idea why I remember that, but I just remember ET dying and crying uncontrollably, and I re- this went on for just like minutes of my dad having to assure me that I needed to watch the end of ET, and me wondering why my father was torturing me <laughs> even further by watching ET. Tough it up, boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Young like, Rob Schumer crying. You crying, boy? You crying? Like, I can see a stone called Mike Kendall. Stop your crying! Mm-hmm. You're a Kendall! <laughs> Yelling at There's you. no crying in E.T. I, I must have been four or five years old. I have no idea why I remember this, but I just remember that so vividly. And just why is my father torturing me and turning this thing? <laughs> you will finish the movie, son. And of course, he's he's holding your eyes open with his hands, <laughs> right, forcing you into it. Watch it, learn from it. Uh-huh. <laughs> of course, ET uh, comes back to Gosh, life. So all really it, explains a lot. It really does. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't he have prepared me? This is scene one of the Rob Kendall movie, the origin story. <laughs> right, exactly. Shouldn't he have prepared me for that, though? I mean, he knows clearly. 
clearly, mm-hmm. I w- if I was four or five years old, this would have been the late 80s or whatever. He had seen E.T. He knows what happens. It's on a VHS <laughs> tape of some sort. He should have probably prepared me. In the movie, I see Liam Neeson playing your dad. And he's <laughs> he's, smicking, he's strapping you in the chair. And he's holding your eyes open. You will watch it. <laughs> Stop your crying. Don't turn away. You cry, I'll rewind it. Uh, oh, no. Oh, no. Hey, uh, so how about you, Casey? What what movie death really shook you to your core? Okay, Were so, you four like me? Uh, <laughs> no, but you know, the one that surprised me would have probably been like, uh, like a lot of people, John Travolta, Pulp Fiction. But the one that stuck with me would be Macaulay Culkin and My Girl. Because oh, that's yeah. right. That's they were one. so they were. You knew it was coming, but yet they were so young and so cute and and children and that's just all the whole story How, well, okay so that's interesting because you were 30 <laughs> when my girl jeez <laughs> maybe when was that <laughs> that, oh, was, that probably, was the early 90s wasn't it yeah probably like 1990 that's right you weren't 30 never mind but that's interesting that 37 you, you'd <laughs> sorry it's a joke <laughs> you I knew, love you you knew he was you knew because you were an adult ish that yeah. that was gonna happen yeah. i had no clue and I saw that in the theater. Oh, really? Yes. You intentionally went and saw a sad movie? I didn't know it was re- a sad movie. Trying to relive the E.T. It's days? my girl. Who would have thought my hey, girl? Hey, that's was- the kid from Home Alone. Yeah, this is going to be fun. This is going to be great. awful death. And it was like. Was that before or after Home Alone? Oh, that, that was after, that, wasn't it? No, that had to have been before. I guarantee it was after Home Alone. What I'll say my girl was 1992. Home Alone was 90. What what are you saying? What do you want to say? I'll say, yeah, Thomas J. That was his character in yeah. My Girl. I think that was after Home no, okay, Alone. Okay, so this was 1991. You're probably right, because that was more dramatic acting. So he probably had to get those chops up. Oh, yeah. Okay, so My Girl was 91. Home Alone was 1990. Okay. Okay. Very good. So perfect. And wait, what? what's the name of the girl in the movie? Is it her real name? Amy? Anna Klumsky. An- Anna Klumsky. Who? Uh, she, oh, there she is now. She's fantastic. Ooh, in, she has not aged well. In Veep. Neither have you. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you to spit fire at Anna Klumsky? Why don't you go cry watching AT some more? <laughs> but I've recently- Anna this- Klumsky just texted me and said, it's a movie. Knock it off. <laughs> Recently, just finished binge watching Game of Thrones. Now, not a movie, a series, but right. every other week, every other day, you're shocked because there's a death <laughs> all the time in that movie, that show. And, and Nigel made it perfectly clear that the scene in My Girl mm-hmm. was not the Wicker Man movie where Nicolas Cage yells, The Beast! <laughs> That's the one that stayed with him. <laughs> totally oh, different. What's coming up this afternoon? Biggest stories of the day. Jerry Lopez will join us, and we are going to have a good time. We got concert tickets in the 3 o'clock hour. All right. Thanks, Hammer. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.